0: Hello Common Ground Church, Evan Fowler here coming to you from episode 4 of our bonus content podcast on the book of Daniel. Being episode 4, guess what chapter we're in? We're in chapter 4 and so today I will be joined by none other than Nick Rombo as he gives you his bonus content that was cut out of the sermon that didn't quite fit but yet is still helpful for us as we seek to follow God in a culture that doesn't. And maybe, you know what, even if it doesn't help us to understand the book of Daniel or to follow God, maybe it's a little entertaining at the very least. And so we have Nick Rombo here with Daniel chapter 4. Hey, everybody. Uh,
1: This is Nick. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about Daniel uh, chapter 4. There was so much in that chapter that we couldn't cover in one Sunday sermon. So, uh, I I particularly wanted to address one thing in particular uh, that shows up in this chapter, and that was Nebuchadnezzar's mental health. Um, The chapter goes into a lot of detail, actually repeating over and over again um, what happened to him. And uh, and then at the end of the chapter, he talks about his in his sanity being restored to him. So I thought it was worth taking a few minutes to uh, just kind of revisit that and talk about mental health in our culture. We're seeing a, a huge increase of. Um, anxiety and uh, depression, and uh, sadly suicide numbers are going up, something that's even touched us here uh a, a couple of times so that to me uh speaks to us in a way that says uh, hey let's let's pay attention to this and uh let's lean into this a little bit so um what I would probably say is what I've heard from other people um other leaders in uh the Christian community is that one of the first things we need to do as a church is talk about it um to not sweep it under the rug um not be afraid of it but to actually engage it and 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 acknowledge it's it's real uh it it happens uh probably i think one in four. People have been, adults have been diagnosed with some kind of a clinical mental health issue. But at least 50% of the male or the the adult population will uh, actually have uh, some kind of an occurrence, some kind of a situation that will affect them mentally. I've heard people say, well, come on, you can't be a Christian and be depressed. That doesn't sound right. And I'm like, well, okay, can you be a Christian and have a cold? Can you be a Christian and have diabetes? Well, yeah. Well, you can be a Christian and suffer from depression. Uh, Depression is both clinical in the sense that there's a chemical imbalance uh, that uh, causes our brains not to work the way they ought to work like a like our, you know, pancreas doesn't make insulin the way it should for some people, and then there's situational um, bouts of depression where circumstances of life can can really kind of knock somebody down. So it it does happen, and so let's let's talk about it. And then right attached to that is is making efforts to destigmatize it. People who have mental health uh, issues are not insane. Uh, they're not crazy. Um, they're people that are you know struggling with something just like we all do, and especially as a church where we in the Christian Missionary Alliance talk about Jesus being our healer uh that's a that's a place where he can heal and i think uh I think we need to let people know that they're free to be here and struggle and come and seek healing in some way and uh then another kind of flip side to it is especially with social media um mental health issues can kind of get glamorized in a way and it becomes a person's identity and 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 I think we have to de-glamorize it uh, because uh, then we're just kind of increasing the problem suicide for uh for instance uh has a glamorizing effect to it and you wouldn't think so but you know the devil can take anything horrible and make it glamorous and so we often see when, when suicide happens, like when Robin Williams uh, committed suicide, uh, the the amount of suicides increased immediately after that. So it's kind of like a contagion that happens. Some people get the idea of, oh, well, uh, everybody will be better off without me. That's glamorizing and kind of making yourself a hero when that happens. And the, the f- fact of the matter is, is, Nobody's going to be better off if you're not here. Uh, it, it'll make it worse for them. And I don't say that to say that you should feel guilty or something. But the idea that you really have to understand that you truly are loved and cared for. And uh, and and people want to be here. They want to take that next step. They want to have another day with you and another opportunity for hope to step in. So that's, that's why I say it's good to deglamorize it. And then uh, I think we need to confront it as a church. We need to uh, get right into uh, the thick of it, uh, just like Jesus would. And uh, and, I, and I think the way that we do that is, um, I, can, I can speak to this myself because I had my thyroid removed uh, when I was 40 years old. And I was told by the doctors that, you know, that they're, they're still learning all the different functions of the thyroid. And one of the things that your thyroid can um, kind of regulate is uh, your moods and your emotions. So they said, be on the alert for depression. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So for uh, nearly 20 years, I kept waiting for myself to get sad, despondent. Or, you know something like that, and and that, that didn't happen. But what did happen was my wife noticed a difference, and uh, she sat me down and I said, "What is going on?" And and I said, "Well, what do you mean?" And so we we talked a little bit about what she was noticing in me, and uh, she asked a lot of good questions, and I said, "You know," I said, "It just seems like I don't enjoy." The things that I normally enjoy, I just feel kind of dull. Well, that led to me going and seeing a doctor, and that's one of the first ways to confront it: is get help. Uh, If if you feel like you're in a a a period of darkness or something like that, get help. And uh, doctors are one of the ways that God has gifted us uh, for healing, and so that's a a great step to take. And a very short conversation with my doctor, uh, she she picked up on it right away. And she says, let's, let's put you on some medicine. And uh, I thought, oh boy, here we go. I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking pills to, it's actually a very light dose. It's about the lightest dose that you can get. And uh, it has helped me to kind of regulate because really it's my body not producing the hormone that it needs uh, for me to, uh, you know, to Function like I normally would function, so that little bit of medicine helps me to do that. So you know, I'm sitting here talking to you as a Christian, as a guy in the ministry, that it can happen to anybody, and the best thing to do is confront it, uh, talk about it with people, go see a doctor if that's what needs to be done. But you know, uh, along with the depression, I also discovered that I have a little bit of an anxiety disorder. And uh, that explains probably why I was so afraid to ask girls out when I was in high school. Uh, But uh, um, with that anxiety disorder, I've noticed that sometimes it can affect how I sleep. My mind just won't shut off. And it wants to think about things and yell at me all night long about dumb stuff. And so uh, medicine helps, but it doesn't take care of everything. So I've learned to uh, wake up when I can't sleep. And get the Bible out and let Scripture yell at my loud brain and outshout it until it kind of quiets down, and uh, and I, I'm able to go back to sleep. So uh, when I talk about confronting it in that sense, um, we also need to um, bring light into darkness, and the best way to do that is, you know, we have to claim the truth of what the Bible says uh, about us. Uh, when when I'm in maybe one of my dark moments, the thing that my brain tells me is, "Oh, I can't, I can't do this, I can't, I can't do another one." Or, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's power, and uh, and that's a negative power. What we need to realize is that we have the power through Christ and His Word to say, "Yes, I can." I can do it. And, and I think anybody can, can claim that if they're a follower of Jesus that, uh, you know, no matter how bad circumstances get uh, to say, you know what, I'm not okay, but my Savior is perfect and he's got me. And since he's got me, I can do one more day. And we can't expect the pain to just go away, um, and just a, a quick fix like that, but uh, Nebuchadnezzar, for example, we talked about that in the sermon, that he went through a time of sevens. And uh, whatever that time was, for him, the miracle, well, it took a moment. And we have to remember that with people, too, is that sometimes the miracle is just the next day, just getting up and facing that next day and hanging on to Jesus for everything that you're worth. Uh, And another way I think we can confront it is community. It's why we need to get together. It's why we need to care for each other. That's why we need to um when we're in church, not put on that mask when someone says, Hey, how you doing? And our response is, Yeah, I'm okay. When maybe we're not. And we, we need to be a place where we can easily say, Yeah, I'm not doing my best right now. I'm 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 struggling a little bit. And to know that you'll have brothers and sisters who are going to lean into you and say, okay, I'm here with you. How can I, how can I help? How can I walk through this with you? What, uh, what do you need from me? Just to, just to say, I'm not going to draw back from you. I'm not going to be afraid of this. But I'm actually going to um, jump in and say, um, I'm here for you. Because no one should have to face anything alone. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts that God has given to us. And that is uh, one another a body of believers who do life together. And the fact of the matter is, is none of us are more okay than the other guy. We're we're all kind of dealing with our own situations. And so there's no judgment or there shouldn't be any judgment. There shouldn't be any condemnation. Um, There should just be people um, being excellently loved by God. And then loving one another uh, with that love. Uh, The only one that's better than all of us is Jesus. And uh, we get to experience him by being together and by taking uh, care of one another. And, uh, you know, one of the things I I guess that I've always wanted to encourage people to do is to be part of our services and to tell your story. And to uh, uh, not just tell your story, but to tell God's story, because that's really what the Christian faith is, uh, is all about. It's, it's his story and our story intersecting. And uh, Jesus is the God of history. He's the Alpha and the Omega, so that means he is transcendent over history. He's outside of history, but yet he is active in history. And Jesus is also Emmanuel, and that means he he's imminent and, and steps into our history. So I, I guess if there's anybody that's listening and, and you know, you've been facing a tough time, um, you don't like the chapter of your story right now, hang on for the next chapter. Uh, because uh, that's usually what happens is the the tough chapters lead into the the really good victorious chapters. And let Jesus keep writing it. Let Jesus keep writing your story. Uh, Let him keep uh, loving you uh, right where you're at and working in you to um, bring you into a different place. That's kind of what we saw him do with Nebuchadnezzar. He met him where he was at, and he brought him to a much different place by the uh, by the end of the story. So uh, so there you go. There's my short little bit on uh, let's be a church. Uh, let's be a people that um, will um, talk about mental health, uh, will destigmatize it, um, will unglamorize it, and we will uh, confront it with truth, with love, with hope, and with light. And uh, hopefully, uh, people that are having a dark time. Um, will come to see better days and the love of Christ through it all.
0: Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us and giving us that extra bonus content on Daniel chapter 4 as we looked into a really complicated chapter, but a chapter that has so much to offer um, in terms of what we can learn from it. Um, and thanks for pointing out through the story of the essentially the mental health crisis that Nebuchadnezzar went through, how important it is for us to talk about these things, for us to deglamorize it and to destigmatize it, and to confront the darkness with the light. You know, I think that's really valuable and one of the things that I really took away from this talk was, what you said in remembering that there is going to be another chapter. Especially when we look at Nebuchadnezzar and just the sad state that he's in. I would encourage all of you, go back to chapter 4 and read the descriptions of Nebuchadnezzar and the mental state that he was in. It was about as bad as it can get, but yet nonetheless, that's not where it ended. Um, He was a person that we would probably say was a lost cause at that point. But when we look at that chapter, we see that it wasn't, that he did end up coming into the light, coming into a good place at the end of that. So thank you for leaning into that hard topic and uh, showing this other little aspect of Daniel chapter 4 that God was teaching us.
1: Absolutely. Glad to do it.